0: Dear young African In the words of Mandy Hale, change can be scary, but you know what's scarier? Allow on fear to stop you from growing, evolving and progressing. Welcome to Dear Young African with me, Nana Fredia-Ajamai. In this podcast, we have only one message for the young African listening. Don't give up. Your excuses are valid, but so are your dreams. And this is the place to come to when you need to remind yourself of that truth. In this podcast, we will be speaking to those Africans who keep going to inspire others to do the same. So Dear Young African, if you're listening, this is for you. Hey podcast fam, hope you are doing well wherever you're listening to this from, whatever time of the day it is. This is the first episode of season two of the Dear Young African podcast and I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. Uh, Make sure you stay till the end because it's a really, really good one. Enjoy. Enjoy. The trend of the aspirants moving back home to their countries in Africa has become very popular and it's great for the continent. Here's a quick fact you probably didn't know. According to the UN remittances, which is basically money the send back home, are a private source of capital. That's over three times the amount of official development assistance and foreign direct investment combined. So that should give you an idea of how much Developing regions like Africa rely heavily on diaspora for growth and development, but equally important, or perhaps even more important is moving back home to settle down and set up a business and that's exactly what my guests did. Alfred and Cecilia moved back to Ghana from Germany with one dream, they wanted to revamp the grocery industry in Africa. They were partly convinced by the Beyond the Return initiative by the government of Ghana and decided to make the bold move of investing their savings into this new venture, which they are calling Consume. Uh, We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, But today, Alfred is is here with us to share the journey and what it's been like so far. Hi, Alfred.
1: Hi, Nana. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Thank you for coming and making time for it. Uh, First of all, just congrats on on the move. I'm not sure how long have you been in Ghana and how long have you been doing this for?
1: So we launched officially like a month ago. Um, um, I'm in Ghana, and I've been here for the past three months. now. So.
0: The past three months, so relatively new. So uh, Akwaba, as you were saying, Ghana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Yes, let's talk a little bit before the move. Um, did you move out of Ghana into Germany uh, in search of greener pastures or you've always lived in, in, in Germany As, as where you brought up there?
1: No, I. And as a matter of fact, no. Um, I actually was brought up in Ghana, and then I moved to Germany um, a little over four years ago um, to uh, to work for FlixBus now, which is uh, arguably the biggest um, mobility as a service platform in Europe.
0: Right. So it was you know it was work that took you to Germany. Yeah, exactly,
1: work took me to Germany.
0: You've you worked in Germany for you said over four years. And yes over four years, you built a relatively good life there, working for uh, such, a, uh, and, uh, such, a, such a great company. You know, why would you leave all of that and say, um, well, at this point in time, I'm going to go back to Ghana? Was that always something you had in the back of your mind or, you know, it's something that you, you thought, okay, this is the perfect time and I, I need to do it?
1: I mean, I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to, uh, to build something. I wanted to start a business right um, i remember out of fresh out of university i joined um a startup called suba uh, where we built a photo album application i was part of uh the community the meltwater entrepreneurs technology community um and so yeah i worked for, for that startup and then um i worked for another startup actually um not merely after immediately after Suba, i joined um, new york university um, to work for their center of technology and economic development. And then after that, I joined a startup again, but this time a Dutch startup um, building agroforestry products in, um, in developing countries. So I actually uh, spearheaded the technology. We built technology to map out farmlands in um, Ghana, in agriculture, Indonesia, Malawi, um, just to mention a few. Right. And then... Um, and then yeah, I got uh, the the big move to, to Europe um, to work for one of the biggest um, movie sales service platforms. Um, and so yeah, it's always something I wanted to do. Entrepreneurship has always been like close to my heart and dear to my heart. Um, I remember growing up, my parents were both entrepreneurs, right? Um, my father started his own company after he was like laid off, you know, from uh, from his nine to five job. Um, my mom has always been, you know, a hustler. She's always had her own business, well, always run her own business. And at some point, she also had like a grocery business. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do, you know, growing up. And uh, it just felt like the right time because of the, um, of the situation happening right now. Um, because Consume is a rapid grocery delivery service, right? Where we deliver groceries in 60 minutes. Right. And this is a tried and tested model in Europe and the U.S. And this idea was actually conceived during, um, a consumer's conceived during the Corona period. Um, but then six down, um, six or six months down the line after conceiving this um, idea, a lot of companies sprung up with the same idea. And I'm like, oh, wow. Um, maybe I should have done it earlier, you know. Right. Um, but now it's not too late, right? right. Uh, the market is, it's definitely saturated in Europe. You know, so it didn't make sense to to start the business in Europe anymore. So I look back home, right? right. Home is where the heart is eventually. Mm. So I look back home and yeah, I just I just told my um, my partner, who's also my wife, um, let's do this, you know. Um, and yeah, we took the boat step. So we were planning this for over a year now. Okay. Um, and the lot of, a lot of planning and work has gone into it. Right. Well, building, um, building our web app. You know, building all of the technologies that power Consume, um, as a lot of work has gone into that. You know? Right, and right. Then we made the move three months ago to uh, to launch. Um, yeah, it didn't go as planned. Uh, the plan was to uh, was to launch like a month after we uh, we came, but yeah. I mean, you know how you know how this tearing is, right? Things never go according to plan. <laughs> <And> so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna so, talk about
0: that in, in, in a little bit. I, yeah. I wanted to, to ask what exactly about the beyond the return uh, initiative by the government, like what, what was it exactly that sort of gave you that extra nudge to say, okay, this is the exact time and we need to take advantage of it?
1: I think one thing that definitely like uh, forced the push for us to move is um, the numerous YouTube videos you have out there, right? Right. So <laughs> so we spent um, a huge part of our like um, lockdown, watching a lot of like YouTube videos of diasporans who made the move, diasporans who are looking to make the move, looking to make the move. And this right. all like was part of the reason um, why we decided to also make the move. Because um, at this point, a so lot of diasporans moving. And so there's like a really growing, a big, uh, already big and growing community of diasporans, you know, in, in the motherland, especially in Ghana, you know, with yeah. the businesses, you know, who are looking to start businesses. And so we, we thought the network uh, would be favorable for us if we eventually moved now rather right. than um than later because if we move now then we can uh, spearhead ahead this whole movement right um compared to moving moving back like five years from now
0: right so, yeah talking about young people who are doing so much in in um telling the story of africa in such a way that it's influencing people like you to move back shout outs to people like Wadamaya, who I'm probably sure you've seen his videos. Somewhere. He's an amazing young exactly. YouTuber. And, like- uh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to follow up with this question of asking, you know, why of all businesses, obviously you have a very tech uh, background and I wanted to ask why of all businesses, the grocery industry, what exactly is wrong in the grocery industry in Africa that you think that Consume is trying to fix? Uh,
1: that's a really good question, Anna. Um, So um, the number of things which we, we looked at and which we wanted to, to do better at, right? Um, a lot of these um, brick-and-mortar supermarkets don't have online platforms or online stores, right? So um, so firstly, you don't get the convenience uh, that you get from using Consume because Consume is not a walking in supermarket, right? It's a dark, uh, dark supermarket and we deliver in, in 60 minutes, right? So from right. the time you... It, you hit the order button, you know, to when you receive your groceries, right, it takes you 60 minutes, right? And none none of the supermarkets or online um, platforms or services have this, right? So this is something we decided to do better at. Uh, and um, one of our valuable positions, which is that we deliver your groceries in 60 minutes, right? All right. Um, yeah, another thing which is lacking in the grocery living um, space in Africa is customer service. You walk into a uh, typical brick-and-mortar supermarket and customer service is poor. Like, uh, you, you're practically left um, to, uh, to attend to yourself. time comes to you. You know, you can't really ask questions. And when you get to the counter to make payments, some of uh, the employees are rude, Right. you know. And customer service is just terrible. And so it's one thing we also we also value and decided uh, um, to better, way better at. Right? So we have um, really good second to, um, to none kind of customer service um, on Consume. So you can chat with us directly on our web app or you can contact us on WhatsApp or give us a call if um, you want some questions answered. You know, or if your order... Uh, we missed something in your order, you know, just give us a call and we'll be swift to answer. So right. customer service definitely is definitely something uh, which we've improved upon. Um, another thing is having variety, right? We try as much as possible to have a, a lot of local um, products and produce on our store, right? Uh, I think um, data came surfaced recently about how some brick and mortar store markets only stock 26% of locally made products, right? wow. This is not good enough, definitely not good enough, right? So we want to change the narrative, we we'll definitely change the narrative. So we partner as much as possible with local businesses, um, small to medium entrepreneurs who have, um, who are manufacturing products, which are like world-class, you know, standard, right? So we partner with these and businesses and have their um, the products on our online store, which you can purchase, right? So um, we're trying to have a really good balance between local and foreign products. Of course, right. we, know, we know there's still people in, in, in Ghana and in Accra who have a quiet taste. We don't want to, we don't <laughs> them to be left out, right? So we, uh, we're also stocking your, your favorites, you know, with those products, for example, um, your favorite barbecue sauces and, right. and whatnot. Right? So we, uh, we find a balance of both. So that's yeah. also another valuable position um, which we're bringing um, into the space.
0: Uh, yeah, so I so mentioned... A number of things going on there. Were you going to say another exactly. one?
1: Um, I think there's another one, but it probably skipped my, my mind right now.
0: <laughs> you, you can come in again. I, I, I mean, there are a number of things I want to pick in there. You promise customers that once they click the button, 60 minutes later, they're going to have their goods. I'm wondering how you're managing to do this in this mad traffic in Accra. I know that, you know, the the Okada boys, if you're listening to this Okada, and you're not from Ghana, Okada simply means the motorbike riders. I'm not sure how you work with them because, man, every business that I know complains about how unreliable these Okada people are. And I'm not sure you're using drones for these deliveries. So what exactly do you think is, is your, you know, how are you how are you even able to manage this? And let me actually, let me add this. If I buy something and I don't get it in 60 minutes, what actually happens?
1: <laughs> I don't think that's ever gonna happen. So, <laughs> oh, um, that's bold. <laughs> yeah. So, try a try service uh, Tell your family, friends to try a service and tell us what you think. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, but uh, coming to your question. So, so first of all, we, we control the whole chain from end to end. Right. So, consume its full end. Right. We have our fulfillment centers where we stock all of the items you see on our um, on our online store, our web app. Um, so we have that part of Consume. And then we have the, I would say most important part of Consume, which is the logistics part of Consume, right? So yeah. we own our own our own bikes and we uh, we hire our own riders, right? So we don't outsource this to third party. Okay. Because that's that's going to get you killed. You know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's going to get you killed. So we, uh, we've invested um, a lot into um, buying our own uh, bikes, hiring our riders, giving them training on how to use that technology because our riders use um, a mobile app, our own mobile app, you know, to, um, to pick up the orders and to navigate to where the, um, the user's location is, right? So we take them to, through training on how to use our mobile app Uh, We train them on customer service, you know, how to interact with the customer, you know, when they get to the customer's location, things like this. So we've taken all these um, steps into consideration uh, in building Consume, which will give you second to none uh, rapid grocery delivery service in Accra and beyond.
0: Wow. So end-to-end service, that is the, the secret sauce, as you put it. I'm wondering, I mean, looking at things like groceries, how does it fit for the average Ghanaian? I'm looking at the average Ghanaian here. The average Ghanaian, or let me say even the average customer would want to go into the market and fill the product. You know how our mothers will go to the market and by the look of the tomatoes, they can tell that whether they are fresh or not. So, you know, you're having to compete massively with this brick and mortar businesses that you know offer that convenience of you know, or these market women offer that convenience of looking at you know the tomatoes and filling them on your hands and know whether they're fresh or not all of those things. So how are you having to compete against that because I don't know how big is the market really? How big is your, your target market? How many people do you think actually would want to go online and I know groceries you know goes beyond tomatoes and vegetables, uh, but looking at the the traditional side how many people do you think actually would actually love to go on online and uh, purchase groceries uh, uh without having to to look or feel feel them
1: so the the grocery industry in in africa right it's it's valued i think at around 7 750 billion us dollars 750 billion us dollars that's uh, what the um, the grocery industry in Africa is valued at, right? And I mean, of course, uh, we have we still have a growing middle um, middle class and um, upper class right. um, society in Africa, right? So, so we're not looking at five fifty billion is there to be taken, right? But at the mm-hmm. same time, we know most of um, the African population is not middle and upper class, right? So, so say, um, uh, over the top of my head estimate of like 30% of um, 750 billion, you know, would be purchased by middle to upper class uh, population of Africa, of Africa, right? That's still still a huge chunk, right? That's still um, a lot of money, you know, to to be got out of the grocery space. Um, And speaking of freshness, we try as much as possible, you know, to make sure all of the fruits and vegetables are fresh. So first of all, we partner, like I said earlier, we partner with um, local farmers, right? We partner with local farmers to source our fruits and vegetables. Right. And after we partner with these local farmers, when we get our fruits and vegetables, right? We, um, we rigorously clean these um, fruits and vegetables, right? Um, using um, vinegar and salt water, right? We do uh, we rigorously clean all of our fruits and vegetables. And then we nicely, we package them nicely and I like consume fresh bags. Okay, uh, and and then store them in, um, in refrigerators, right? Um, brick and mortar or uh, traditional like grocery shopping, where our parents go to the markets, you know, feel the tomatoes before they buy it. Yeah, um, this method of um, of selling groceries is not sustainable because if you go to um, to typically like a market like Makola, right, mm. you go there. Most of the fruits and vegetables are rotting if not like <laughs> rotting, you know because there's no they don't know how to preserve the fruits and vegetables that's a it's a big problem right and they also yeah. don't have the means you know to invest in and in storage facilities right at consume we have all of this in place we have storage facilities in place right so you're assured you're always going to get fresh fruits and vegetables and you would be surprised when you get fresh fruits and vegetables from consume they always still feel cold because they've been in like They've been preserved, they've been in the refrigerator, you know, um, they've been stored in the refrigerator. So you expect to get the freshest um, produce from us.
0: Nice. Just talking about the business and, and, you know, your journey a, a bit. Let's talk expectations versus reality. You know, what were some of the expectations that you had? in terms of, you know, projections uh, coming to start this and what has been the reality of starting the business? Probably someone is listening from Germany now is thinking of starting, I don't know, a shoe line or something in Ghana. Uh, Please give them the facts.
1: (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been a journey, uh, to be honest. Um, Like I told you, we've been planning this for over a year now. Um, We secured our facility before we, um, moved right. uh, three months ago. Um, securing facility was was a challenge, right? When um, you say
0: facility, you mean the facility for storage purposes that you use for your ex- business. Exactly. Okay. Exactly.
1: Where we store um, fruits, vegetables, right. and house all of the grocery other grocery items. Right. You know, uh, this facility, getting facility was was a challenge. Um, uh, on two sides, uh, one cost wise. It was expensive to get a really good facility, you know. So we had to search and search and search and search, um, and finding not just a good facility, but a facility that's uh, that's well positioned. That you know, it's a good location for us to be able to, you know, serve most of our customers in right. sixty minutes. That was a big challenge. Um, yeah, but then we we kept at it. Uh, it took us about, I think, four months to finally secure a facility. Wow! You know, when we projected, it was going to take us like, you know, a month. <laughs> you know, it took us four months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got that out of the way, and then uh, we finally made the way um, to Ghana. And so, apart from um, finding the facility, you need to sell the facility, right? Um, that's a huge chunk of the work, right? Yeah, uh, and so we, we had to work with local artisans, right, mm. to put the place in in order, <laughs> right. And wow, this, this is like the biggest challenge we've had so far. We work with like three different like cabin like carpentry companies. Yeah, just to, to be just to be where we are right now. Um, the first um, carpenter we worked with did a really like terrible work. <laughs> he did terrible work for us. And at some points we're just, you know what? Just like, just stop everything you're doing. Mm. You know, we're going to find someone else. You know, and so yeah, we got someone else, and we thought he was finally going to be the savior, right? Right. And I kid you not, the first guy, was better. <laughs> I I, I told you the first was better than the second guy. <laughs> wow. You know, the the second guy was just terrible. Communication was bad. He would not like show up and not call you you call him he doesn't pick up you know and then he gives he comes with like with like flimsy excuses that he is uh he's a like caretaker of someone else someone else's house so he has to like uh fight off people who are trying to approach the property the land and it was like story after story my god customer service (laughs) my god Terrible. Right. Terrible. So yeah, so at some point we were like, we've had enough of this time, you know. And we, yeah. So we told him to just stop, stop everything you're doing, we get someone else. And so we got um by virtue of recommendation uh, right. from I think my father my father, we got this other like carpenter this fi- who finally you know came through for us. Right. And then we were able to get everything set up. Um and so, yeah, that's been like the major challenge for us, you know, getting yeah. artisans to work with us, to set up our facility has been like really challenging. And the other challenge I would say we've uh, had so far is is getting people to, to trust the brand, right? Mm. So, so number of, a good number of Ghanaians are not used to, um, to purchasing groceries online and having it delivered. Absolutely. Right. And I wouldn't blame them because you have a number of very fraudulent, fraudulent businesses on Instagram and Facebook who just like uh, set up pages on on Facebook, Instagram, start to sell whatever you want to sell. You go on there, you DM them, they reply you, you send the money and you never get your items. Recently, we had a a friend who uh, tried to purchase, I think, baby, a baby child item or something from an Instagram page. Right. She made payments. And up till now, she's not like she's not had um, the item delivered to her, right? So, right. Um, so I understand when people don't don't trust you right away because of all these other fraudulent businesses, you yeah. know, that have sprung up. Um, so that's been the challenge. But uh, we're trying as much as possible to um, to go on a platform like yours, you know, to to spread the word and tell them, hey, guys, like this is for real, this is genuine, right? Just go to our web app, you'll find like a list of categories, product categories. Just find your yeah. product, add to cards, you know, check out. You can pay using mobile money um, or credit card. And recently, because of the feedback we got, we were on um, CCTV um, yeah. some weeks ago to promote our business. And uh, one of the hosts asked us this question because of the fraudulent activity that has been, go- has been ongoing. Yeah. And the fact that she assured that if she buys a tin of Milo that actually it's not mellow but delivered to her. Mm-hmm. And she, yeah, she was seeking to, uh, to have cash on delivery payment so that she can like inspect the items before she finally like um, receives them for it from, yeah. you know, and pays for it. And so we thought about it and I said, you know what, you know, actually Cecilia came up with this idea. Like, you know, we are a stage where people don't fully trust us. So how about we um, provide them with an option um, where they can pay cash on delivery? And so, yeah, okay. we're looking to this and uh, as we speak, it's live now. So you can pay actually cash on delivery, you know, and we think this will go a long way, you know, uh, to, to get that trust that, yeah. we, uh, that we want from our, um, our customer and our potential customers. And so, yeah, having yeah. uh, a platform going on CCTV has helped a lot um, to improve awareness. Um, and, yeah, we're looking to, um, to even do more right. to make sure our customers, potential customers trust consume as that um, that rapid that grocery delivery service where they can get they can get their uh, items delivered to them in 60 minutes and they don't have to worry about a thing they get like produce freshness they get high quality produce and produce and yeah they don't have to bother about a thing
0: yeah absolutely i mean I, i have seen the website i checked it out uh before this this uh podcast and yeah, it's sleek, you know, it's straight to the point, you know what you're, what you're seeing, you'll know what you're paying for. And it offers that convenience, like you're saying, with the whole cash in hand thing, like, I will pay when I see it. Because, you know, yeah. we, we don't, Ghanaians, we don't roll like that. <laughs> or let me even say Africans, to be honest. Because people want to see, people have been duped so many times and you have to, you know, uh, sort of show them that value consistently before they can say well i've used consumed so many times i know these guys are not going to trick me i'm happy to pay ahead of time so really really good stuff over there i wanted to ask you this i mean looking at the journey so far would you still take the step of coming back to ghana and doing this if you had hindsight of you know uh having terrible car- carpentry <laughs> services and you know the trust issues and all of that do you think you know you'd leave your well-paying corporate job in in germany and still come back home to do this
1: to be honest i would think twice but i think at the end of the day i would make the move right um because i mean look look at things from from, from this perspective uh i started consume here which is first of its kind in a crowd right we do yeah. sixty minutes grocery delivery service with all of the different value propositions which i i mentioned I would have started, like I said, in, um, in Europe, but then at the same period, a lot of the companies sprung up, right? So at this point it's oversaturated that you can't really um, innovate in this space anymore, you know? And so how do I, how do I set business in, in, in grocery, in the grocery industry, if, if I don't come and do it back home, right? There wouldn't be the opportunity. So there's a lot of opportunities for us to be innovative, for us to be creative, you know, in the motherland compared right. to Europe that's I've seen, seen it and done it all, right? Every new technology probably comes from um, US or Europe, right? right? But those technologies are not here yet. So how, um, so I think as, as an African living in um, the diaspora is how I, I tasted these services, I tasted like the use of this technology. Yeah. How do I make sure my people back home are not left behind? Right? How do I make sure the gap is not so wide? Right? And we're—I mean—we're the ones I mean, really who can like um, make that change. Not someone living in Ghana. Someone in Ghana probably doesn't know there is a, a service like here or Gorillas in Europe, right? But right. you, as diaspora, you—you you know that these services exist. You use these services. You know how um, how efficient they can be, right? So then I think it's upon us as Africans living in diaspora, you know, to not like necessarily copy-paste, but, you know, take elements of what's working there. Right. Come back to Africa, see how you can tweak things a bit to fit the setting you're in. Cash on delivery is definitely right. one of the tweaks we did. You know, in Europe, you, you use Getty, or will go There's no cash on delivery yeah. option for you. You know, you have to pay electronically, right? So cash on delivery is a tweak we did because of the kind of environment you operate in right so then take take whatever is there come back home tweak it for the benefit of, of everyone love that
0: love that what is the future of consume what 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 do you foresee consume becoming in the next few years
1: definitely a household name right when you think of groceries you think of consume right um you don't think of going to um, to my you know to get groceries you think ah okay there's consume i can just sit down relax i can just show on my bed. You know, I wake up in the morning, I want uh, you know, I want to have breakfast. I want bread, I want um um tea, I want cheese, you know, I just sit like sit back, relax, um, go and consume any 60 minutes before I lazy out of bed, my breakfast items are waiting for me, right? At my yeah. door, right? So I want I want them to get to that point where it's a household name, not just in Accra. So it's Accra and beyond. So Accra is a starting point, but definitely not the um not the finish line, right? We're looking to scale to Tema, we're looking to scale to um Kumanasi track riding. You know, we're looking to take this out of Ghana to um, to other countries across the continent, you know, the the Nigerias, the Kenyas, Africa, the um the ivy Coast, right and yeah and that's where we're that's that's our projection for the next five years of where we want to see things happen.
0: yeah i mean and just before you mentioned how um you know as as things get better i really think i really think that people become very conversant with the service and become very comfortable with the idea of buying online also, as the middle income earners start growing, people start making more money. I think it's we're, we're really going to see that shift of Africans having to trust, you know, that convenience of buying online. Because in, in the UK, for example, I barely use cash around like, I, you know, everything, most of the things that I do online. So I, tr- I understand and I trust the convenience because there are services that are put in place where even if there's a fraudulent activity, you know, I can hit up my bank and say, this has happened, what are you going to do about it? So I wanted to ask you, what are some of the things that you think that, you know, apart from you as, as a diaspora that has moved in, you know, in, in Ghana, obviously set up something like this, which is going to contribute to the country's growth and development. What are some of the things that you think that um, bodies like government can, can support uh, people like you when you come back home? What are some of the things that they can put in place to support uh, such initiatives that you have taken up, mm-hmm. for example?
1: And, and enabling environments, right? Um, let the systems work, right? A better system for all. Uh, once the systems work, everything, like everything works, everything else works. It's always a hustle. I mean, I hear like stories of the aspirants coming back to set up um, businesses, um, especially those, I mean, not just the aspirants, like I hear of uh, stories of African-Americans, for example, um, people from the Caribbean coming, uh, coming down or back to the motherland, set so the businesses, and even like getting getting the business uh, registration certificate is a hustle. Yeah, you know, because of how the system works. Because you need to know someone to know someone, and then grease someone else someone else's palms just to get your business certificate done, right? Um, I think this just it kills it kills innovation, it kills entrepreneurship, right? And so uh, for more and more aspirants. Um, and people of African origin to uh, incentivize to come back, you know, and set up businesses for the betterment of the continent. Uh, it's definitely important for, for us to have a enabling environment for systems to work, right, for uh, for corruption to be reduced. I know we can't get uh, rid of corruption 100%. I mean, no society in this world has um, 100% free corruption. Right. But yeah, let, let it be reduced to a point that's easy to do business, mm. so yeah, I think for for African governments, that would work. that would be what we uh, we ask of them, right, to create an in a, in a legal environment to make sure systems work, and every other thing would fall in place.
0: Right, and um, if if I can just add this, uh, finally, you know, with all the knowledge that you have gleaned from you know being in the in the country for the past three months, right, if if I'm correct. What yeah. what advice would you give to any young diaspora that is you know hopefully listening to this and thinking I'm thinking of making this move?
1: I wouldn't just say you know what just make the move. No, you need to have a plan. Right. But I can't emphasize that enough. Consumer has been in the works for over a year. You know we've planned every detail of the business. We planned it prior to coming. Right. So have a plan if you are. If you're trying to start, start up a business that's heavily dependent on technology, like the way consumers, is, Consume is not a tech company, but Consume is heavily dependent on technology. We have the logistics yeah. technology, we have the consumer technology, we have the fulfillment technology. If your business is heavily dependent or reliant on technology, make sure you have a good working product. Right, make sure you have the skills, or you have someone who is going to um, who's skillful enough on your team to build whatever, you know, um, you imagine. Um, yeah. So having a plan, definitely having a plan, uh, not coming empty-handed. Uh, and ho- also having um, recurrent um, source of income, having like, don't just take all of your savings <laughs> until you're moving to Ghana. Right. You know? And then you get here and things don't work out. And then what, what next? Like,
0: okay. So have a have backup a- plan.
1: Have a backup plan for money. If you're going to have like a side hustle, in addition to you building the business, have that side hustle. If you're going to try to build your business without quitting your um, nine-to-five job, if that's possible, then definitely take that option. Right. You know, and don't take all your savings, all your like hard-end money over the years, you know, living in Europe or the US or the West in general and move to Ghana. It's just... It's just not sustainable, to be honest. I wouldn't advise anyone to do that.
0: Right. Thank you so much, Alfred, for having this conversation with me. and I hope anyone who's listening, uh, please do check out consume. it's k o n z Did I get that right
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yes. and i'll put I'll put <laughs> the link to uh, to to the shop in in the podcast notes. So please do check it out. It's a great business. Let's support our own so our own can get better. Yes, Uh, thank you for joining this conversation. Thank you so much for staying and listening. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you share with a friend or that WhatsApp group you're part of? I would really appreciate it if you could rate, review and subscribe. It helps other young Africans to find us. Thank you and see you in the next episode.